We know our Redeemer lives, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. You have redeemed us. <clears throat> thank you for our brothers and sisters who have shared with us tonight in worship and song, leading us as we come before the throne of grace. So now, Lord, here we are, <clears throat> facing all the circumstances of this day and we bring all of this uh, to, your, to you, and we ask that you would help us to clear our minds. Holy Spirit of God, help us to uh, pause now from all of the distractions of the day, all of the emotions of the day, put them aside, bring them all captive to the obedience of Christ. Now we obey you. <clears throat> now we obey you. And we put aside those things in our life which have been not our best behavior. We confess our sin. We put it aside so that we might receive your word. <clears throat> we need your word today. We need your word today for the circumstances of life today. We thank you for your word yesterday. <clears throat> we thank you that if you give us more life in the days ahead, but we need your word for today. I pray for all of these who are here tonight and those who hear my voice and those who join us online. We pray that you might help them all whatever circumstances they are facing, to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the source of all life and victory. And may tonight you help us to understand how to live wisely by following Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good evening, good to see all of you. There are outlines available tonight here and at the back. I hope you'll do that. All right, Rebecca Wales, would you raise your hand right over here? All right, Rebecca Wales, ladies, um, she's starting a Bible study, is it next week? Two weeks on a Wednesday night in the book of it's Psalm 119. Rebecca's going to be <clears throat> leading that Bible study. If you know some other ladies and, and some of you ladies who would like to join her, uh, you don't know where you'll be yet, do you? All right, somewhere down See Hall, we'll, we'll make sure that if you come in here and you're not in the right place, we, we want you to be here, but I want you to know about Rebecca doing this. It's going to be a real opportunity to just take some real time and uh, prayerfully read through <clears throat> Psalm 119, the lar longest Psalm in God's Word, <clears throat> and perhaps that will be a blessing to you. Rebecca is a, <clears throat> is a gifted teacher, the Lord's blesser. And uh, so I want you to know about that. And, and so now you see where Rebecca's at and you can talk to her about it. <clears throat> All right, Proverbs chapter nine is where I'd like for you to find your place. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> I'm grateful for God making trees. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the created order. <clears throat> I'm going to ask the Lord, Lord, I know it's biological, but couldn't you have helped us with the pollen? <clears throat> so I'll do my best tonight. Please forgive me. I don't want my speaking to be a distraction to the Word of God. So let's pick, uh, before we read Psalm, excuse me, Proverbs 9, Let's read two verses that set, set in order for us what we'll talk about tonight. Proverbs 9.1, wisdom has built her house. 
She has hewn out her seven pillars. Verse 13. The woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. She sits at the doorway of her house. Wisdom has built her house. Foolishness sits in the doorway of her house. Tonight there are two houses we're invited to consider, spiritual houses that we live in. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, the reality is that these two houses stand before each of us all the way on our path to following Jesus to heaven. We're invited to enter one of these two houses, every one of us, all through our life. This is a part of living wisely. I'm convinced, and I, I reminded you of this last week if you were with us, uh, Proverbs 8 is that glorious chapter really honoring the Lord Jesus Christ, who is all wisdom. All wisdom of God is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there were some beautiful statements there uh, in Proverbs 8. Uh, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way before, before His works of old. From everlasting I was established from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. Uh, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was there. When he, was, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep. So we see the glory of the Lord Jesus. And the book of Proverbs is not well understood without understanding that this is the Lord Jesus speaking to us. His wisdom. So there are two houses, the house of wisdom and the house of fools. I ask you tonight, which house are you living in? Which house are you living in tonight? I'm asking followers of Jesus, have you, have you left the house of wisdom? And now you've gone back to the house of fools? I'm asking you tonight, if you're living in the house of fools... What keeps you in the house of fools rather than living in the house of wisdom? Houses. Okay, homes, we would say. Some people are finicky. Well, it's a home. It's not a house. Whatever. A house, a home. You'll all go home. Lord willing, tonight you've all been blessed with a home. I remind you that not everyone has a home. Even in Dixon County. I remind you tonight that there are, uh, there are uh, foster children who've never known what it is to have a house or a home. I'm not going to come off of it. I'm not going to get off of it. I'm not going to stop talking about it. Uh, they don't have a house. They don't even have a bedroom. As uh, our friends have taught us, as we've walked alongside those who've spent many years and much time with fosters, why most of them when they are removed from their home, have a trash bag with whatever they can put in it. That's what they have. You'll go home to your house, which is, if it's like mine, filled with a lot more junk than we even need. Amen. Which house are you living in tonight, follower of Jesus? 
Have you gone back to the fool's house? Or are you enjoying the comfort, the peace, the satisfaction, the joy of living in the house of wisdom? The house that Jesus built, the house of wisdom. The Lord Jesus said many things, but the wisdom of God is so clearly pronounced in these words. And again, this is before we'll, we'll indulge, we'll, we'll, in the days ahead, we'll begin to look at, we'll do it like I've mentioned last week, if you weren't here, like an, like an uh, hors d'oeuvre tray. We'll start looking at various principles that find their way through the Proverbs. But tonight we have this final appeal. We've heard it already. I'm reviewing just to make sure we're all together. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 2. Here's the whole point of living life. To know wisdom. If you want to know wisdom, you must know the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no difference between the wisdom of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we spend our life as followers of Jesus doing. Following our Lord Jesus Christ, listening to His, reading His words, taking them in, considering them, and then applying them to our life and living by them. To know wisdom and instruction. That is our task as followers of Jesus. There'll never be a time in your life when you don't need wisdom. No matter how long you've walked with God, no matter if you're a preacher or a deacon or whatever you may consider yourself, a spiritually accomplished person, you need wisdom every day and you need instruction from God. And so do I. To know wisdom and instruction. Then we went to Proverbs 1, 20. Wisdom is shouting in the streets. She lifts up her voice in the square at the head of the noisy cities. Oh, where's the wisdom of God? Where does the Lord Jesus, where do we find the Lord Jesus in the church house? No, in the courthouse, in the business, out on the streets, in the busy byways and pathways of life. The Lord Jesus is saying, come to me, come to me. And here's the appeal. Here's the appeal of the Lord Jesus. Verse 22, Proverbs 1, 22. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? How long will you live? How long will you live with simple-mindedness? And scoffers, how long will you delight yourself in scoffing and Fools, how long will you hate knowledge? This is what the Lord Jesus calls out and cries out. This is the call of wisdom. We saw the advantages of it. We talked about the rewards of wisdom. And then we came, of course, to, Rome, uh, to uh, Proverbs 8. I always say Romans 8, but Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call out, verse 1, and understanding lift up her voice on top of the heights beside the way where the paths meet. She takes her stand beside the gates at the openings to the city, at the entrance of the doors. She cries out, to you, O men, I call. Here's the voice of wisdom. Here's the voice of the Lord Jesus. I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, verse 5. Here it is again. Understand prudence, which means cautiousness. And O fools, understand wisdom. Listen, for I will speak noble things. And then we, 
I'm not going to go back through what we talked about last week. And now we come to Proverbs 9. Wisdom has built her house. The house has been built. It's on the firm foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the Lord Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is building his church. The house of wisdom has been built. She has hewn out seven pillars. They hold up and establish this house is on is has a firm foundation and security. So I want to uh, point out to you tonight four things. Number one, verses one through six, we'll look at the invitation to enter the house of God's wisdom. To the house of wisdom. The invitation is made by the Lord Jesus. You come to the house of wisdom by coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, we'll look for a moment at some instructions. To know wisdom requires being instructed. You see, this is the problem with many who have an unteachable spirit in the church. They think they've already been instructed. They don't think they need instruction. They've determined that they know what they know and they don't need any more instruction. That is a great sign of a lack of wisdom. So we'll, hear, we'll receive tonight instruction. There'll be instructions to the wicked and there'll be instructions to the wise contained in this appeal of wisdom. And then number three, we'll look at the invitation to go to the fool's house. The invitation to go to the fool's house. You know, it's a special thing if you get an invitation to go to someone's special uh, experience. You know, I was honored the other day. So uh, we've been talking about Foster and, and I'm truly honored to have been able to have been invited to the governor's uh, faith-based group to talk about foster care uh, in Tennessee and what we can do. It was an honor. You've been invited to things before. You've been invited perhaps to some uh, someone's house who's of importance in your life. Perhaps it's a government person uh, in the medical world, some your bosses or whatever it may be. Invitations to someone's special house. Well, you see, we find quickly in the Word of God, these two houses are the ones to whom the invitation is always being given. Oh, life changes, dear friends. You're in a season of life right now, and this is, the, this is what is so hard for us. We get into a routine. You see, a house is a place of comfort. It's a place of, of uh, relationship, but it's also a place of routine. Every one of you at your house, you've got a routine. If you've got, if you've got carpet on the floor, you've probably worn a, a well-worn spot on the way you do your routine. Everybody's got a routine at the house. Some of the women in here would like their husbands to do better at their routine, taking out the trash, doing some of their chores. But we've all got a routine at the house. The house of, the, the house of wisdom has a routine, and the house of fools has a routine also. And then we'll look finally at a warning to those who lack understanding. You know what's interesting about the book of Proverbs? It reminds those of us who think we have understanding 
that we don't. It confronts us with our real condition. So tonight I speak to you as my brothers and sisters how I pray that tonight you do not have arrogance in your heart, that you do not have an unteachable spirit. Those are both evident signs that you have no wisdom. You lack wisdom. You've certainly not gained the wisdom of God. You see, the arrogance of man's wisdom puffs them up. But the wisdom of God brings humility to my life, brings confession to my life, brings a desire to learn and to grow and to gain instruction and keep being instructed. This is the beauty of wisdom. Number one, the invitation to the house of God's wisdom. Now we read it together. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. She goes to the highest. She sends out her messengers. Wisdom sends out her messengers, her preachers, wisdom's preachers. And they declare from the tops of the heights of the city, whoever is naive, let him or her turn in here. To him who lacks wisdom, she says, come eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. That is, walk in the way of understanding. So now we see in these first six verses some very beautiful things. The house of God's wisdom, the house of wisdom stands on these strong pillars, but also there's food prepared, always prepared, always ready. Food and drink are always ready and prepared in the house of wisdom. Well, if someone comes to our house, we've got to prepare the food. We've got to prepare. Look at the beauty of this. Wisdom has prepared her food. It is a present tense. In, in Hebrew, it is the, the, the implication is it is always prepared. It is, a, it is prepared. It is not going to be prepared. It's not, well, come in and visit for a while while we cook up the chicken and cut up the tomatoes and fix the salad. It's already there. The food is already there. It's all prepared. You enter the house of wisdom and what do you find? Prepared food, nourishment, something that keeps you alive. The first thing is that you find the table, the table of wisdom. And there is prepared food and there is mixed wine. There is food and drink. And she has also set her table. Wait a minute. Do we even know what this is in 2023? Does anybody even know what it means to set a table anymore? Does anybody know which side the forks go on and the knife and the spoon? I'm not joking. I'm asking a serious question. If I went out there to those teenagers on that ball field and said, set the table for me right now. Here are the utensils. Would they even know what to do? 
Well, that's another lesson for another day. When you come to the house of wisdom, the food is prepared, the wine is mixed and prepared, and the table is set. Pat and I once upon a time had the opportunity to go to, a, to one of our seminary president's homes. The food was prepared. Dorothy did a good job. Prepared. We, we didn't have to wait. It was all prepared. We didn't drink wine because we're Baptists, but she had good refreshments. Tea. Tea. That's it. Tea. Really sweet tea because we were in Carolina. Sweet tea. Way too sweet. And the table was set, and lo and behold, she even had a name tag. I knew exactly where to sit. There was my name, and there was Pat's. A prepared table with my name. They were expecting me. They were expecting Pat. We were invited, and everything was set. You want to know what it's like to follow Jesus and go to the house of wisdom? The table is set, and you have a place, and everything is ready for you because wisdom feeds your soul. The Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who believes in me has eternal life. You eat this bread and you do not die. Is that not good news for you when you get your cancer report? When someone tells you you're about to die? No, I have endless life, you say. I hope you believe that. I hope that you believe when you breathe your last breath on the earth, those of you who follow Jesus, you're still alive. I hope you believe that. Whosoever believes in Him will have eternal life. Do you believe that, friend? We must tell people about eternal life, not eternal death. The table is set. The table is set. And all you have to do is eat the food. How could it be any better? You don't have to help peel the potatoes. You don't have to go in there and help put the things on the table. Someone has already prepared it all for you. I'm spending time on this to try to make a point. When you open the Word of God and you come after the Lord Jesus Christ, you enter into a relationship and you go into the house of His wisdom and everything is already set. Everything is already prepared. It's time to eat. It's time to eat. This is what happens when you come to know the Lord. My dear friends, the Lord Jesus is raised from the dead and one of the acts recorded is he's cooking fish. He's making breakfast. Has anybody thought about that? Have you men caught anything? <laughs> Here they go again. No, we've been at it all night. Come on in here. I already have the fish. And it's already cooking. I'm trying to help you people tonight. I hope you're listening to me. She prepared her table. 
She has mixed her wine. She has set her table. She has sent out her maiden. She calls. What did the Lord say? We're going to be looking at it in the days ahead from Luke. We're going to look at uh, everyday stories of Jesus and look at the parables. It's important for us to learn them and why Luke talked about them. And I'll have more to say about that Sunday, Lord willing. What did the Lord say? Go invite the uninvited. That's what we do. By the way, I noticed there's several chairs not filled tonight. These chairs represent places for people who haven't been invited. Did you hear what the preacher said? Who's going to invite them? The Lord didn't say, look, you've, I've sent you an angel down there to First Dixon. He'll, that angel will take care of doing the uh, evangelizing and the invitations. No, no, that's us. Us. You go and invite the uninvited. Oh, now we see it. She has sent wisdom, sends out her messengers. She calls through her messengers from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, turn in here. Turn in here. Come in here is the appeal. Come and eat my food. Drink this wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly. Your, get, turn away from your foolish living and gain understanding and walk in the way of understanding. You see, when you go to your job, you must, are you living like a fool or are you living in the way of understanding? When you go to your house and your family, is it the way of understanding or the way of fools? In all of your relationships, are you living in the way of understanding? I am the way, the truth, and the life. We seek to find, when we live like Jesus, my friends, I'm being very simple, but it's very much important for us to catch this. When we live like Jesus, we live in the way of understanding. You see, the Lord clarified wisdom. He clarified it in, the, in His person. For, for once, we have someone beyond greater than Solomon who could give wisdom, but he even failed to live by his own wisdom. Just read 1 Kings 11. How he ends his life in total adultery. He rejected his own wisdom, but now the Lord Jesus has come. Full of grace and truth. In him is hidden, as Paul says, all the wisdom of God. This is the one whom we pay attention to. This is the one we worship. This is the one we study carefully his words. And then we say, we will live by these words. We will live in the way of understanding. Now the instructions to the wicked and to the wise. There's a pause here. Do you want to live in the way of understanding? Then listen to these words. Verse 7. He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. If someone is scoffing, you're wasting your breath to try to correct them. As long as they're scoffing, there's no help. To the scoffer. Some of us have been the scoffer. And we remember what it was like when someone corrected us. Wisdom. Here's the way of understanding now. He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. And he who 
reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man or woman and he or she will love you. We must see the condition of the person before we give them aid and help. This is the way of understanding. He goes on. Verse 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. And teach a righteous man and he will increase in his learning. We see it all the time. What did Paul say? 2 Timothy 2.2. Look, this is what this church must do. This is what some of you, and I know you very well. I know the skills and abilities of many of you in this room. This is what we must do, not just the preacher. 2 Timothy 2.2. Find faithful ones and teach them to do what you know how to do. Follow Jesus. Every one of us. Who's your Timothy? Who's the one you spend time with? Who are the faithful ones that you are giving yourself to, to let them walk with you, pray with you, live with you, understand how you handle issues in your life? This is what this church, we are disciple makers. The Lord said, as I said Sunday, here's your commission. Make disciples. Make disciples. All of you. Make disciples. Here we have it. The instructions of wisdom. And the way of understanding how we treat the wicked and how we treat the wise. Now we go on. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We will come back to that again and again. The fear of the Lord. You know, the child of God has only one dread. Did you know that? The child of God has only one dread. And you know what that is? To offend the Father. That's the greatest fear. I don't want to offend God the Father who has loved me so much. I will not live nor do nor say things. It is my dread. I do not want, I do not want to offend the Father. And there's only one desire, but to please and delight God. That's the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. That is the sustaining of wisdom. To live in the fear of God. And as we see coupled with this, the next phrase, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So if I Say I am a person of understanding, but I do not know the nature of God, the glory of the Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit, and the beauty and magnificence of His character and His perfections, His power, His grace, His love, His mercy, His... I can go on. As we look at the Lord Jesus who personifies all of what it is, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father... This is the astounding statement of Jesus Christ. When we look to Him, we now have understanding. Now we know who the unseen God is because He has been revealed through the only begotten Son of God, the eternal only begotten Son. These are glorious things, my friends. 
This is what we spend our life doing. This is why I'm humored sometimes by those who've passed through the church. They've gained some general knowledge about the Bible, therefore they think they've passed the course. This isn't a course. Your life's the course. Your life's the course. We'll see at the end tonight. The reality is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Pay careful attention to the way of understanding and to the and grasping what it is to understand. If I understand and start gaining, by the way, by the Holy Spirit, we'll never know God without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to know who God is. The Lord Jesus shows, it to, shows us what God is like and the Holy Spirit teaches us and gives us understanding. This is such a very important thing to us all. And then we find in verse 12, the warning. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. Here's the point. You may want to be wise for your kids, but you can't. You may want to be wise for your spouse. Boy, that'd help, wouldn't it? Some of you women are saying, man, if I could just do that. Well, you can't. Wisdom is for every person to gain themselves. You can't be wise for your kids. That's sad, isn't it? That's sad when you have to walk with your kids when they are unwise and when they live like fools. You can't be wise for your friends at work. You can't be wise, but only for yourself. Listen to the word of God. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear. You will carry. You will bear it. You see, our conduct reflects on ourself, not on anyone else. What you see in me as your pastor is based upon whether I'm going to be a wise man or a fool. What I see in you is the same. You see, our conduct, we are wise for ourselves. This is what you need and this is what I need. The invitation to the house of foolishness. Wait a minute. Wisdom has built her house and hewn seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She's mixed her wine. She's set her table. Verse 13. The woman of foolishness is boisterous, naive, knows nothing. She sits at the doorway of her house on a seat by the high places of the city calling to those who pass by, who are making their paths straight. Whoever is naive, let him turn in the hair. And to him who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Wait a minute. There's no table in the house of foolishness. There's nothing to eat. There's only robbery, thievery, secretiveness. There's no table in the house of the fool. There's nothing to eat. She's, wisdom has built her house and prepared the food. The foolish house, you're met by the fool at the door. 
of the house of foolishness. And the greatest of all fools is the devil. The liar of all liars. The one who says, has God really said that? Has God really said that? No. God didn't say it because you need it for guidance. God said it because you're his rival. If you do that, you'll be just like God. What do you find in the house of fools? You, you, the word boisterous, in case you don't know it, it, it translates many ways. It's the word to murmur, to growl, to be loud, clamorous. There's nothing but noise in the house of fools. There's nothing but confusion in the house of the fool. There's nothing but lack of knowledge and naivety, simple-mindedness. This is what captures people. They do not turn to wisdom and gain understanding to avoid the house of fools. So they gladly live their entire life in the house of fools. Boisterous, loud, naive, knowing nothing, sitting in the doorway and imitating the call of wisdom. This is the devil's way. Why, why would you go to the house of wisdom? Come over here. This is a big party. And oh, by the way, we've got special things for you. The fool sits in the fool's house and invites travelers passing by. The fool calls to those who are seeking to live by wisdom, who are making their way straight. Listen, I remind you, this is why the Lord said, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation. Because all along the way of salvation, all, along, all the way along the way to heaven, we face temptations. And the call from the house of the fool. It's a continuous call. You thought you got past it, didn't you? You thought you got past that covetousness. You thought you got past that anger. You thought you got past it. You, wait a minute. Now you hear the fool saying, that's okay, just do that secretly. Nobody will know. Nobody will see you. <coughs> Stolen waters. Stolen waters. You see it there? Are sweet. Stolen waters are sweet. And bread eaten in secret. Look, you don't need a table. Just steal it and eat it. That's pleasant. Take what you need. Take what you need. There's no sharing in the house of fools. You must go get it on your own. Proverbs 20:17 is a very good verse that we would use as a parallel to bread eaten in secret is pleasant as I'm finishing. Let me read it. Proverbs 20:17. Bread obtained by falsehood is sweet. We did it. We tricked them. We fooled them. Listen though, let me finish the verse. Proverbs 20:17. Bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but his mouth is filled with gravel. It's sweet, but it tastes like gravel. That's what you get when you try to sneak. 
when you try to be tricky. Well, you know, this is the way of fools. We hide in secret. We gather in places where people we don't think will see us. And we say, what did the psalmist describe the wicked as saying? God won't see. God has forgotten. God won't see. God has forgotten. And then we finally end with a warning. But, but, he does not know. You see, this is what happens to the fool in the house of fools. He does not know that the dead live in the house of fools. He does not know that her guests are in the depths of hell. Those who live in the house of the fool go to hell. This is what the Word of God calls us to hear tonight. So I quote from the old preacher Charles Bridges. I can't improve on this. This is for us all. The Lord Jesus, the wisdom of God and the great deceiver stand before us all. Both are calling. Both are inviting. One for our life. The other for our death. Both call to all men in the world. One makes the naive wise to eternal life. The other captures, torments, and leads men to eternal misery. Which voice catches your ear? Did you hear it? It's the same phrase. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. The foolish, the devil says, turn in here. And the Lord Jesus says, who is naive, let him turn in here. Let him turn in here. Which voice catches your ear? Which voice allures your heart? Which feast excites your appetite? And whose guest are you today? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We all have in our minds those that we know and it grieves us who are living in the house of the fool. Help us go get them out of there. Help us go get them out of there. Whatever we have, it doesn't matter how we say it, it doesn't matter how it comes out. May we who live in the house of wisdom, following the Lord Jesus Christ, go to those and appeal to them. Turn in here. Follow Jesus. Live in the house of wisdom. Leave the house of fools. Oh God, would you give compassionate hearts to the people of First Baptist Church when we see 
people in the house of fools. May we do whatever we can to get them out. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is at the door. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you for being here tonight. May the Lord bless you. All right, here's my commercial. Sunday morning, Luke's Gospel. We start looking at the everyday stories of Jesus. Some of you think you're going to be, you think you're going to be yawning when we talk about the parables. We all need the parables of the Lord Jesus. So get ready. We're going to start Sunday, Lord willing, if Jesus doesn't come. God bless you. Say hello to somebody on your way out. Have a great evening. Go teach a kid how to set a table.